So the story is told about a guy who was marooned on a desert island. And a ship came to his rescue. The captain learned that the man had lived alone on this island for five years. And the captain noticed when he looked on the island, he saw three huts. He asked the man about them. The man pointed to the first one and said, this is the hut where I lived. He said, what about the second hut? Oh, the second hut is the church that I went to. The captain said, what about the third hut? Oh, that's where I used to go to church. (laughs) At least the guy was being honest. He was keeping it real. We are starting a new series today called Keeping It Real. It's a series on relationships. Because, see, we are all relational creatures. We're not meant to be an island. We're meant to have meaningful relationships with others. But let's be honest. Sometimes that can be pretty tough. Whether it's relationships and family, relationships with friends, co-workers, it can cause stress. So over the next few weeks, we're going to seek to keep it real. We're going to talk about the hard issues of getting along with others. And we're going to go for the gut. We're not going to sugarcoat it. We're going to give you the truth straightforward, and we're going to trust that the Spirit of God, the Spirit of truth, will encourage, will convict, will equip. But before we can do this, there's one question you have to answer that only you can answer. I want to put up a picture frame here, and I want to ask you this question. Who is the person in your life that it takes the most energy, the most effort, it is the most difficult to get along with? You got the picture in your mind? Take the snapshot. Put it in that frame. Because here's my question. Are you willing to trust God over the next four weeks for him to do something not in them, but in you? Are you willing to open yourself up to weed out whatever needs to be weeded out? See, the scripture says as much as it depends on you, be at peace with all people. That means there's some people you can't be at peace with. That is their issue. But so often, it's about us. And James, the brother of Jesus, writes a letter that is talking to believers who are having conflict. And he says it in a straightforward way. He's not talking about a hypothetical situation. He's talking about a real-life situation. What is the root of relationship conflict? 
I have seen churches ripped apart because of relational conflict. I have seen marriages ripped apart because relationship conflict. I've seen friendships totally dissolve because of relationship conflict. So let's get real. What does God have to say to us? Take your Bibles, turn to James chapter 3, starting in verse 13. And in honor of God's word, can we stand as we read this passage? Follow along as I read. and understanding by his good conduct let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom but if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts do not boast and be false to the truth this is not the wisdom that comes down from above but is earthly unspiritual demonic for where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Thank you. Maybe you seated. And thanks for reading with me. That's pretty awesome. Way to go. So the big idea that James wants us to get is this. There's a difference between godly wisdom and earthly wisdom. And here's this idea. Guard your life with godly wisdom. Protect your heart with godly wisdom. Now you notice in verse 13, he says, who's wise and understanding among you? And those who are reading would say, yeah, that's me. So James says this, then let it come out the way you live. Let your life show what you say is there. Notice what he says, through meekness of wisdom. Meekness is not weakness. Meekness is strength under control. Meekness, the best way to understand meekness, Jesus was said to be meek. Moses, a strong leader, was the meekest of all men, the scripture says. But the opposite of meekness is to lose control. The opposite of meekness is to let your circumstances control you instead of you controlling your response to your circumstance. How many times have you said, that person makes me so angry. That person makes me so upset. Stop. Meekness says, I'm honest. I'm angry. But I take ownership for my feelings. Meekness 
is self-control. And then he says, let your meekness come out in wisdom. The word wisdom literally means skillful living. Because you know what happens? Knowledge isn't enough. Knowledge puffs up. Knowledge does not help you in your daily life alone. It's wisdom applying the truth. Guard your life with godly wisdom. Then verse 14 to 18, he talks about two different kinds of wisdom. Let's face it. The world is constantly trying to squeeze us into its mold as to how to respond. When you're in a relational conflict, the world tells you, strike back. You're always right. Put that person in their place. Does this sound familiar at all? See, that causes conflict because James says that's worldly wisdom. That's not godly wisdom. You have to understand that what James is saying, he's writing to believers, folks. He's writing to us, and he's saying, be careful. Don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. So you respond with worldly wisdom instead of godly wisdom. So you've got a choice. Then he goes through and he gives five characteristics of worldly wisdom. Look at verse 14. But if, or really you should say since, you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts. The first characteristic of worldly wisdom, mark it down, bitter jealousy and selfish ambition. I'm going to show you two different quotes you need to take a picture of. Two different quotes. The first is from Kerry Newhoff, a pastor from Canada, who said this, Envy is the underbelly of ambition. See, if you're having trouble getting along with someone because you're in competition with them, envy is the underbelly of ambition. You may think it's ambition for a right reason, but you better check your heart to see if it's not selfish ambition. Envy is the underbelly of ambition. Second quote, Theodore Roosevelt said this. Look at this. Comparison is a thief of joy. See, if you're constantly comparing your situation, your circumstance with someone else, or you as a person to someone else, you know, why does somebody else get the honor and I don't? Why is someone else getting the place of honor and position? Why did they get chosen for the solo and I didn't? Why did they get chosen for that situation and I didn't? Roosevelt says comparison is a thief of joy. It'll suck it right out of you. It'll totally take it from you. That's worldly wisdom, bitter jealousy, and selfish ambition. Notice where it comes from. He says, go back to verse 14. He says, if you have it in your what? Hearts. See, it's not just it comes out. It's a heart issue. I want to do a survey here. How many of you, show of hands, would say... You think, on average, Americans are selfish people. Raise your hand. Yeah. yeah. Let me give you the results of a recent Pew Research poll. 68% of people surveyed said that Americans are typically selfish. 
But then the New York Times Magazine wrote an article, I'm okay, but you're selfish, because here's what they discovered. 17% of people think they're selfish. But 68% of them think everybody else is selfish. Hmm. I wonder if we're really getting it. See, what that's saying is, you're selfish, but I'm okay. And see, we need to understand is James is saying here, if you want to see the root of relationship conflict, it comes from jealousy and selfish ambition. Secondly, he says, don't boast, or literally it means stop being arrogant. You want to know what will cause relationship conflict? It's when you think you got all the answers. You think you're the summation of truth. And so when you're in that relationship conflict, you're sitting there and you're saying, you know, what's wrong with you? I remember when I went for counseling years ago when I was having real anger issues and I was seeing the counselor and the counselor said, you know, I'd like next session for you to bring your wife in. I said, yeah, that'd be good. That'd be really good. And so I brought Kim in, and she was sitting there, and I was like, this guy's good. You're going you're gonna to like him so much. He is so good. And she sat and began to share her story, and we finished. I thought, yeah, there we go. See? Uh-huh. Now you see what's going on. And the counselor finished, and he said this to me. She's not the problem. You are. I don't like you anymore. <laughs> see, what happens is we get this arrogance thinking it's your issue instead of understanding we're all selfish in our flesh. We're all selfish and self-centered in our flesh. So James says, stop being arrogant. Third, because it causes you to lie against the truth. I am so thankful that I'm married to a woman this year will be 35 years. Thank God she put up with me for that long. I'm so thankful she speaks truth to me. And I trust her. She speaks truth to me. And what James is saying here, listen, don't boast and be false to the truth. Because when you're hard-hearted and you're filled with arrogance, that's going to cause conflict. Because you're not going to be willing to listen to the truth. I'm so thankful Kim's in my life. I'm so thankful I got friends in my circle who speak truth to me. I love going home after a Saturday night service, and I'll say to Kim, so what did you think? Help me. Well, here was good. Here wasn't too good. Here you got to work on before tomorrow morning. So see, you get the benefit of her truth. <laughs> and so is the result. I used to be like, who are you? Tell me, master in theology. But you know what? I've learned when you humble yourself, say, speak truth to me because I trust you, you grow up. You mature. You get better. James says, stop boasting and being false to the truth. 
Then in verse 15, he talks about this kind of wisdom. This wisdom comes down not from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. He uses terms earthly compared to kingdom focused. Unspiritual, talking about verses spiritual, demonic, the ultimate source. Then in verse 16, look what he says. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there's going to be all kinds of disorder and vile practice. He makes a contrast. Then in verse 17 and 18, he talks about a different kind of wisdom. Look what it says in verse 17. He says, but the wisdom, read it with me. But the wisdom from above is first pure, read it, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. That's the kind of wisdom I want. See, when you follow and allow that wisdom to control you, that creates relational harmony as much as it depends on you. This is what I'm to grab a hold of. And he explains that. So how do you move from earthly wisdom to heavenly wisdom? Because the world's coming after you. The world's going to say, fight back, strike back, stand up. Stand up for your rights. Do what you have to do. Speak out. You do it by feeding your mind on truth and spending time in prayer, asking God to humble you and surround yourself with friends who will speak truth to you. Because when you do, you'll be guided by godly wisdom. Let me give you some practical things that you can do. First off, if you struggle in relationships with earthly wisdom versus godly wisdom, let praise flow from your lips. I mean about other people. Instead of being in competition, go to that person that you tend to have the competition with, whether it's your spouse or whether it's a worker or a friend, and say, you know what? That was really awesome what you just did. That was really good, what you just did. Let praise flow from your lips. Secondly, let gratitude fill your heart. What I mean is gratitude for what? Getting up each day and saying, God, I'm thankful you made me me. And I'm thankful you equipped me to do what I'm supposed to do today. So letting gratitude fill your heart allows you to step back and say, God, you made me for this purpose, and I'm thankful for that, and I show that to you. Number three, drive comparison from your mind. Don't even give your mind room for it. As soon as it comes up and you're comparing yourself to someone else, which is going to cause relational conflict, drive it from your mind have the mind of Christ. And finally, choose honesty to guide your life. Being honest to God and honest to others, Tim Keller gives a great illustration of how challenging it can be to receive certain kinds of gifts. He said that some gifts make you, you just have to swallow your pride. He says, imagine opening a gift on Christmas morning from a friend, and you unwrap it, and the gift is a book. A dieting book. 
And you look at the friend and you say, thank you. Then you unwrap another ribbon and another wrapping, and it's another book from another friend, and it says, Overcoming Selfishness. Now, if you say thank you to those people, in a sense, you're saying thank you, for indeed I am overweight and obnoxious. But let's say you had a friend who saw you had a great financial need and came to you and said, I want to give you the money you need to meet that need. It would take some humility to receive it. But you'd receive it because you recognized it was something you can never do on your own. Keller continues, there's never been a gift offered that makes you swallow your pride to the depths that the gift of Christ is and what he gave for us. We were lost, unable to save ourselves, and only the death of Christ could save us from selfish tendencies that are the root of relational conflict. James says this, have the mind of Christ so that truly there can be peace in your relationship. And I want to close by reading this passage again from a different translation. And as I read it, I want you to think about how Christ came to set you free from selfishness, which is the root of relational conflict. So as we prepare to come to his table, we can celebrate him who sets us free. Follow along with me. James 3, 13. Read it with me. If you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. But the wisdom from above, read it, is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much that Christ came to set us free from selfishness. Father, convict us where it's needed today so that as a result, we can be agents of peace. 
encourage us, Father, so that together we can produce a harvest of peace. Thank you now for the privilege of coming to your table to remember what you did for us, to set us free from selfishness because of your amazing grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Can I ask the elders to come forward?